When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, the NBA's trade deadline has come and gone. LeBron's scoring record is in the books. And now, hopefully, the Lakers can focus on the road ahead. One that does not include Russell Westbrook. One that does not include Patrick Beverly. But one that does include D'Angelo Russell and what feels like a brand new Lakers team with less than half of the season to go, JC. We're here on the Ethos Lakers podcast. We're back with our audience again because... You know we had to do a recap after our heads got spun around, not once, not twice, but three different times about Rob Belinka and co. at this trade deadline. JC, I'm just going to give it to you right away. I know there's one trade that you were asking the Lakers to make for months and months and months, but is there one deal here or one particular pre- player where you look at and you say, man, I, I really did not see this coming to fruition for the Lakers. We sat here just a couple of days ago and said what we pro- prognosticated, said what we thought was going to happen. JC, we, we, we were not even close, and I absolutely love it, man. What's your hot take coming out of this? How you feel the Lakers look today? Are they a better team, at least on paper, than what we've seen for the majority of the season? Give us your thoughts. Yeah, uh, I know we'll, we'll talk uh, more league-wide about all the different trades that happened. Um, but, you know, I always say about the the more smoke you hear about different trades and rumors, I think the less likely it is to happen. And, like, you hear you see the Raptors didn't make any moves. Boyan Bogdanovich didn't get moved from Detroit. Uh, nobody really saw D'Angelo Russell being included in a deal to the Lakers. And I know some people were, were kind of uh, either maybe hoping that would lead to something else or... I'm not sure what, but I mean, it, it to look at D'Angelo Russell's numbers at, in a different scope. Like this, is, there's one tweet from Joey Ramirez that I saw where, um, you know, D'Angelo Russell is the second best shooting percentage from mid-range at 51%. He's he shoots 39% from three. Uh, he's just he's he's a great shooter, and he's basically the polar opposite shooting wise of what. Russell Westbrook was and if the philosophy is going to be to slow things down yeah they much improved from there the thing that I like about D'Angelo Russell this particular season and I can't stress that enough this particular season and that is that he is coming back to the Lakers with career high marks in both field goal percentage and three-point field goal percentage as well as the second best uh, career mark from the free throw line. Okay. Now, 46.5% from the field, thir- just over 39% from three, over 85% from the foul line. And he's not taking a huge amount of shots this season. In fact, the 13 and a half shots he's coming back to the Lakers with on an average basis are his fewest attempted in a game since his sophomore season when he was still in LA. JC, you're right in that literally no one saw D'Angelo Russell coming back to the Lakers. Nobody prognosticated that. 
No one had that on their radar. Nobody expected the Lakers to pivot to D'Angelo Russell after failing to acquire Kyrie Irving. And I say failing with an asterisk because if you've heard me on any one of our podcasts, you know how I feel about Kyrie Irving and the Lakers and how conflicted that would have left me. But honestly, JC, I feel like so many people are celebrating this because Lakers fans love a reunion, even even sort of crusty ones a la Thomas Bryant, although he did play well for this Lakers team in stretches this this time around before being shipped off to Denver. I feel like D'Angelo Russell is just a, the best fitting point guard that is played with LeBron on the Lakers in a while. This is the kind of team. D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, you got front court defense with Jared Vanderbilt and Mo Bamba. This is the kind of team that makes a lot more sense around LeBron James and Anthony Davis. This is the kind of rotation that actually puts more of an onus on Darvin Ham to get it right. It, it takes out some of the excuses. I was a little curious about what Lonnie Walker's fate might have been. I thought there could have been a potential Lonnie and Wenyan Gabriel type of trade for like, let's say, a Royce O'Neal kind of player to better fill that wing spot. I'm still not sure that the Lakers actually have a small forward on their roster, JC. But that all aside, I think you and I both agree this is the roster that has made the most sense heretofore at any point in the season. But Lakers simply don't have time to waste, JC, every game from here on out is basically a must-win game. They're not going to win them all, but they've got to win the overwhelming majority for them to have any chance of success. You're bringing in a new roster. I mean, this literally 40% of the team is brand new. So there's no time to adjust. They're going to have to do it on the fly. I'm very curious to see what they look like. But in a vacuum, JC, it's hard not to look at this and say, okay, uh, we, Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook and JTA, Damian Jones, two, four, two guys who weren't playing, two guys who should have been playing as much as they were to turn into D'Angelo Russell, Mo Bamba, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, to stay neutral with second round picks and to only give up one first round pick in this D'Angelo Russell, West, Russell Westbrook trade. Yes, Rob Palinka, you, you've done a good job when your back is up against the wall. But, JC, I'm not sitting here screaming, oh, we, owe, oh, we all owe Rob Palinka some massive apology because none of these deals were deals that, you know, just came out of thin air necessarily. Maybe the D'Angelo Russell movement took a little bit of time. Maybe the Wolves weren't as for sure going to move on from him following the Rudy Gobert trade this summer. A majority of these deals feel like they could have been, you know, come to fruition at any time. I, I know that sides are always motivated by a deadline, be, well, whether that's the Lakers or other teams. But there wasn't anything here where I look at this and say, OK, Rob Palinka just all of a sudden goes from getting bashed on to executive the year. And I think you have to consider the context cost and really the overall cost. So, yes, in a vacuum. I like moving Russell Westbrook and a first round pick to bring in D'Angelo Russell, who should be a better fit for this roster, to bring in Malik Beasley, whose three point shooting should help this roster, although he is shooting one of his worst marks so far this season of his career. Not since his sophomore year has he shot less than 36 percent from behind the three point line. And that's where he comes to the Lakers with. Right. Jared Vanderbilt will help the front court defense, but I don't know how many minutes he will get. He's always a guy who's intrigued me a little bit in terms of everything he brings to the table, little points, little rebounds, seals, blocks. But Rob Palinka, you also traded away Taylor Horton Tucker for Patrick Beverly. So really, it's like trading Taylor Horton Tucker and a second round pick for Mo Bamba. It's really like trading away, you know, Kyle Kuzma, Kate Tavis, Caldwell Pope and two first round picks 
for D'Angelo Russell, for Malik Beasley, for Jared Vanderbilt, if we trace it back a little bit further. So given the context of all of that, do you still think that Rob Palenka is worth, you know, should he be getting the praise that he's getting following this Lakers deadline? I mean, I think he should be getting some praise, but yeah, even I'm a little realistic as to what the Lakers can accomplish. Like, it seems like given the way the season started and given what the Lakers draft capital is at the moment, the most important thing this season, aside from winning a championship, which is what the goal for every every team, uh, was you don't want to give a lottery pick to New Orleans. And so the Lakers have to make a playoff run because that lottery pick goes to New Orleans, and God forbid that pick ends up being Victor Wembanyama. Ooh, you could only imagine what would happen in Lakerland if that wound up being the case, right? I mean, I really don't think it's going to come down to that. But at the end of the day, you you have to be mindful of that because there's no doubt. Look, and and whatever draft capital is at stake, JC, you know, obviously it matters, but really what the most important part is, is you have LeBron playing out of his mind. You have Anthony Davis healthy, hopefully ready to become the Anthony Davis he was prior to the injury. You have a team that actually now makes sense around your two main guys. You have the Russell Westbrook distraction now moved out of the room. The Lakers before these trades, come in at 7th in field goal percentage, J.C., but 26, 26 from behind the three-point line. And still, they have, they're have they averaging the fourth most points scored on a points-per-game basis in the league. It has been so clear to anyone with eyes, anyone with ears, anyone who can consume Lakers basketball in whatever medium that their body allows them that this team has needed three-point shooting. A potential starting lineup of D'Angelo Russell, of Malik Beasley or Lonnie Walker. I'm not sold that Malik Beasley is going to come in here and start. And maybe Austin Reeves finds his way back into the starting lineup. I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world. LeBron James, Rui Hachimura, Anthony Davis. This team looks so drastically different. Or could Jared Vanderbilt even start for this team to bring in a little more defense? It really depends what you want that second unit to look like. JC, I'm going to kick it to you because you have been screaming, and I mean screaming for Mo Bamba since before this season started about what a good fit he could be on this Lakers team. Now, most Lakers fans know him only because of that song, Mo Bamba. But what can you tell us about Mo Bamba in terms of what he can actually contribute to this club? Yeah, well, li- living in Austin, I got to see him in his one year in college with the Texas Longhorns, and then I've I've followed him in Orlando the whole time. Uh, he's seven feet tall with a seven foot ten inch wingspan. He Ooh. he shoots threes at forty percent, and he shoots a good amount of them, which I know Thomas Bryant was doing, but Thomas Bryant was shooting so few of them. It's it's actually a a part of Mo Bamba's game. Think of Imagine if Kristaps Porzingis was more muscular and just a couple, like, he's taller than than Mo Bamba, but, like, you know, basically that's sort of what you're doing. You have an option where you can pick and pop with a center. If Even if you, if you, I don't know why Darvin Ham never played Thomas Bryan AD together once AD came back. That's what I was hoping to see. But I, I, I would Thomas like to Bryan see. I was hoping to see that as well. Yeah, I, I would like to see you know, certain lineups with Mo Bamba and AD in at the same time where LeBron runs a, runs a pick and roll with Mo Bamba or Anthony Davis and Anthony Davis goes down, down to the block and Mo Bamba pops at the three-point line and LeBron's got nothing but options at that point. Awesome. So, yeah, and, and not to mention his interior defense. If you put Mo Bamba and Anthony Davis in there together, that's an unstoppable front court. Like, that'll protect protect the rim on both sides. 
So let's take a look. Let's zoom back out before we keep zooming in here, JC. The players acquired versus the players sent out. Out, Russell Westbrook, Kendrick Nunn, Juan Toscano-Anderson, Damian Jones, Thomas Bryant, Patrick Beverly. Of all of those names I just told you, really only two were helpful at any point this season. Patrick Beverly and Thomas Bryant, and it took both of them a little while to get there. Neither one was going to be part of this Lakers team moving forward. Beverly on an expiring contract. Bryant only re-signable at the mid-level. Probably wasn't going to happen, especially with how he had played in AD's absence. Pick-wise, the Lakers sent out their 2027 first-round pick, top four protected. This is very important. Now, the 2029 pick remains in play for these Lakers. They did not trade that first-round pick. They shipped out two second-round picks in the grand scheme of everything. The less favorable of their 2028 second round or the Wizards second-round picks, and then their own 2029 second-round pick. But in for the Lakers now. This includes Rui Hachimura, who came over a couple weeks ago. D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, Rui, uh, Reed, Mo Bamba, 2024 Clippers second-round pick, 2025 Clippers second-round pick. Those teams reworked that Denver Clippers-Lakers trade to make it a three-team trade. That's how the Lakers wound up with those Clippers picks. You don't expect those picks, obviously, to be very good because the Clippers are deep, and they're working on some reunions of their own with Eric Gordon coming back to Los Angeles and John Wall being sent back to the Rockets, although he will be waived. There's, I mean, there were just people flying all over cross-country meeting their new teams. JC, we're in a vacuum, okay? Again, in a vacuum, when you can send out Westbrook, Nunn, JTA, Jones, Bryant, Beverly, bring in D'Lo, Beasley, Vanderbilt, Hachimura, Bamba. I, I mean, I'm sorry, Devon Reed. Like, I really don't think you're going to be a big part of this team. This looks good on paper. These players make more sense than what the Lakers had worked with in the past, like we had said here and talked about. Now you're looking at a depth chart that if you look straight across, you know, is really 10 or 11 legitimate NBA players deep. I think Darvin Ham's greatest challenge is that this roster, because it's still imperfect, is going to be trying to figure out the minutes, right? Because the whole idea that the narrative being pushed for the Thomas Bryant trade was, well, Thomas Bryant wanted a bigger role. He was upset when he didn't get more minutes after Anthony Davis came back. And then we traded him away so we could free up minutes for Wendy and Gabriel down low. But you brought in Jared Vanderbilt and Mo Bamba, who should both play above Wendy and Gabriel. So what am I missing with that? I mean, not a lot. Like, the Darvin Ham's rotations need to be better, but he has a lot better options this time. For whatever reason, he felt the need to constantly play the three-guard lineup of Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, and Dennis Schroeder. I know now, you couldn't be is, happier that, that, that he can't do that anymore. Yeah, which which is a tiny lineup that can't shoot. And at, at minimum, the smallest lineup you can run here is maybe D'Angelo Russell and Dennis Schroeder. But even then, I don't. He'll probably still do it, but he shouldn't. There there should never be any point in which both of those are in there at the same time because you have you have plenty of options. You still got Lonnie Walker, who I tweeted today. I realized I hadn't looked at Lonnie Walker's stats all season. Do you realize he's shooting thirty seven percent from three on like five attempts a game? He's been kicking it. <laughs> from from the perimeter, yeah. the only thing that I'll add, and I haven't, I ha, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'd be curious to see his catch and shoot numbers versus off the dribble numbers numbers because I feel like he's become really effective catch and shoot off the dribble. He can still do his thing in the mid range, but not as well from behind the three point line. But if yeah. we could put Lonnie Walker in the corner and we could flank Malik Beasley on the other side, and you can run a high pick and roll with. Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and you have another high IQ player out there like an Austin Reeves, things are already more interesting than they were 24 hours ago. Yeah, and, and Dennis Schroeder is going to be kind of the more interesting piece about this because, in, in theory, it does look like he goes back to the second unit. Maybe, I mean, hopefully he's okay with that. He's got a good relationship with Darvin Ham, but if it is 
if he is okay with that, then yeah, the philosophy of that second unit shifts dramatically. But yeah, at no point should the backcourt be both D'Angelo Russell and Dennis Schroeder in at the same time because you've got Walker, you've got Reeves, you've got Beasley. And then for the front court, you've still got plenty of options there. You've got Bamba, you've got Davis, you've got Rui, and you've got Vanderbilt. Like what what need is there to play such a small lineup? Now, the only, again, the only thing that I'll continue to say is I really feel like a lot of these potential, not necessarily these potential guys were available three months ago, JC, but I think that the the thought pattern you can tell has radically changed by the Lakers. They're, they're not obsessing about, well, we got to get the big guy. I know there was a Kyrie pursuit, but they're actually looking to build a team. And, you know, the, I, I don't, I still, the biggest question I have for this Lakers front office and for anyone who will answer this is in the bubble. You had a team, you had a team that gelled. Well, you were deep. You weren't worried about building the next three man weave. You were worried about building a team. Then after that title, the Lakers front office decided, you know what? We actually need a three-star model. And now all of a sudden we're going back to the team construct. And I'm not against that, but I just want to know what is driving the decision-making? What is the long-term plan? Because yes, in, in, in the age of instant gratification, in the age of instancy for all of us, there is no doubt the Lakers are a better team, but I still don't understand what the plan is moving forward. And I know there are very few contractual commitments that will remain on the books beyond this year as the Lakers look to remain flexible. I just want to know what is the plan to maximize LeBron James's final years, which is what Rob Palenka sat up on media day and told us. What is the plan to take advantage of Anthony Davis in his prime, which is what Rob Palenka told us. I want Rob Palenka to come out even and especially when it's difficult, not just when he's made a series of trades and he knows he's going to get softballs lobbed up at him in order to answer. I want him to answer these harder hitting questions that are about the longevity and the sustainability success of this team and not just what's best for in the moment right now, because that has not worked for a year and a half now. And if the Lakers fail to make these playoffs after all this, it's going to be two years and it's unacceptable, JC. Yeah, and I think like the concern the last couple of years has been the you know the quote-unquote wasting of, of lebron of good lebron james seasons and I, I mean without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I do think that with even he, despite the fact that he his his foot was bothering him, he said in that moment that he feels healthy enough to play, you know, more than a few years left. And so I think the Lakers realize they have a little bit more time with him than than people might have initially realized. And so, yeah, the all of these moves do do set up the team better for the future. They're a little bit more flexible this summer should some of these moves not work out. Um, you know, I think one of the the that's one of the more important things is that, yeah, they have options for flexibility in the future, you know, if, if these some of these moves don't work out. Now, what I like about what the Lakers have done beyond just, you know, generally improve the team, that's always a good start, right? You have D'Angelo Russell, who's going to be an unrestricted free agent. So you could look to return him if you want to, but he will be coming off the books. Malik Beasley, team option. I believe Jared Vanderbilt also has a team option, if I'm not mistaken, but I have to double check on that. He might have one more year on his contract. Do you know that off the top of your head? I think he might have one more year. I'm going to double check that. I think it's one more year. And even Mo Bamba should, as excited as I am about that move, should that move not work out? He's he's on the books for $10 next year, but it's not guaranteed. Oh, non-guaranteed $10 million. I mean, and also... What a potential trade asset that could be. You wind up guaranteeing that money. He's on an expiring contract. Jared Vanderbilt at less than $5 million a year. Jared Vanderbilt at less than $10 million over the next, you know, rest of this year plus next year is just nothing short of gorgeous. We absolutely love to see that. Reed is the same thing, non-guaranteed money. The Lakers have the guaranteed money on the Lakers books going to next year. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Malik Beasley, if they pick up the team option. Okay. Big if because it's $16.5 million. Jared Vanderbilt and Max Christie. That's it. Now, you would think that the Lakers are going to definitely, and I mean definitely, re-sign Austin Reeves in free agency, especially as a restricted free agent. You would think that the Lakers are going to also re-sign Rui Hachimura as a restricted free agent. He should not command a ton of money. He he strikes me as, you know, I'm going to make a weird comparison here, JC. He strikes me as someone who could encounter Rudy Gay's market. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Yeah, um, one of the things, that, yeah, one of the things I like about Rui's game, like as as much as a couple of years ago, we talked about how badly we wanted Demar Derozan, and he's Demar Derozan's so good in the mid range. Rui Hachimura is pretty good in the mid range too, and so if Rui Hachimura is a poor man's combo of like Kawhi, which is what Phil Handy has said, and and Demar Derozan, yeah, I'll take that all day. I mean, it's definitely more than what the Lakers have been getting from that type of position, at least up until this time. So if you had to rate this Lakers trade deadline, JC, we've been going back and forth talking about this for more than a minute or two now. If you had to rate this Lakers trade deadline on a scale of, you know, you can use A through F, you can use 1 through 10, whatever type of linear scale works for you or, or grading scale. What would you grade it? And and why? What is the most? What is what do you think is going to make the biggest impact? 
I think D'Angelo Russell will be the biggest impact. And and one of the things I like about, you know, him coming back this time around is I thought about, you know, when he left the Lakers the first time and he was an immature kid. It, it boiled down to really his Lakers run was ended by Nick Young and the Lakers management decided to side with Nick Young at that point. And why anybody would ever give Nick Young that kind of power, I have no idea. But, I mean, D'Angelo Russell was a young, dumb kid at the time, and he's a lot more mature now, in theory. So, yeah, I think it'll work a lot better this time around. We hope so. I mean, I hope that I hope that D'Angelo Russell makes the biggest impact because, on paper, he's the most talented player coming over. Yeah. I, oh, I but for a grade. Uh, yeah. I'd give a solid B-plus just because, you know, there's potential for an A. B-plus B with, like, you know, time to improve. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm – I don't think there is any singular player who was acquired in this trade deadline, and to be fair, who was sent away in this trade deadline, that will change the ceiling of this Lakers team. Ultimately, for the ceiling of this Lakers team to go higher, we've talked about this ad nauseum, and we're going to say it again. Everyone is going to have to play to their highest potential, not just offensively, but in particular defensively, where the Lakers have taken a major step back from the beginning part of this season. That has to be improved. But Especially yes. to look at the alternative, if had the Kyrie trade gone through, basically what you'd be looking at is only Kyrie and potentially still Mo Bamba because that was for Patrick Beverly. But you basically would have Kyrie and then that would have cost you Russell Westbrook, Austin Reeves, Max Christie, both the first round picks. And so this hall, this trade deadline hall would have basically just been Kyrie, Rui and Mo Bamba. But then you would have lost all the picks. The Lakers are certainly a deeper team than they would have been with Kyrie Irving. And I think in this case, that's that's really important because the Lakers have had their health battles this year. And if they had this type of depth prior, they they may not have been encountering some of these issues that they have experienced along the way. For me, I'm going to give them a solid B. I have to factor in that acquisition cost in terms of what they gave up to get the guys on the roster that they did, everything that they had to go through in order to net things. It's great that Kendrick Nunn and three second round picks brought in Rui, but it's pain that Kendrick Nunn sat for a year while the Lakers needed players. I mean, there's you, you can't you can't always sacrifice today for tomorrow. You can't always sacrifice tomorrow for today. And the Lakers have been a little bit in between when it comes to that. So I'm I'm, I'm a tough grader. My students have told me as much. I'm going to give them a B and I'm going to say, let, let's wait and see. Let's And maybe we grade on a curve, right? Maybe a week from now, it looks like, hey, of all these trade deadline acquisitions, you know, except for, for the really notable ones, you know, the Kyries, the KDs, and we'll get into that briefly in just a few minutes to wrap this one up. But outside of that, you know, we really got to see what the, what the tweaks around the edges have done for these teams. You know, a, a, a guy like, you know, how does Sadiq Bey contribute, right, in Atlanta? How does, uh, how, how does it look? With, with the Nets now that Macau Bridges is over there? How does he look in Brooklyn? So all these all these little things around the edges, we're going to see how it goes. I, I thought the Lakers had an opportunity to maybe get another wing on this deadline, but outside of that, it is really hard to complain because they really didn't have a ton of assets to work with JC, and to keep that second first first round pick, the 2029 pick, is, is a really big deal. It gives them optionality going forward. It doesn't lock them into a chosen path, which is what I feel like they've been dealing with from the Westbrook situation for so long. It's pretty amazing that all, all this time later, both Westbrook and John Wall are going to be back right back in the same situation where they're both looking to be bought out after they could have been swapped for one another. 
a lot going on around the league, yeah. JC. I mean, just and, and there is there is still one open roster spot, and so the buyout market will be there. I think I think uh, it seems like a name that's been bandied about the last couple of years, Terrence Ross, in theory, could be available. I mean, he's a little older; he's not going to command a lot of minutes. If he's available in the buyout market, that's the type of player you're looking for, I think. You know, I got a name off the top of my head that I might like for these Lakers as well because he's already working on a buyout with Washington. That's Mr. Will Barton. I think a yeah. player like that could be very useful for these Lakers as well, especially given their lack of depth on the wing. So we shall see. I would have really liked Royce O'Neal to get out of Brooklyn and onto Lakers, but a little bit of a dream there. JC, you ready to go around the league real quick, sort of recap a few, just a few crazy things that have happened in the last, oh, you know, 24 to 48 hours? Oh, yeah. All right. Obviously, we know Kyrie Irving is now a Dallas Maverick. I, I'm still unconvinced that that's going to work, especially long term with how much the ball's in Luka Doncic's hands. But maybe I'll be surprised. You have any additional thoughts? Uh, no, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see, but uh, I'm not 100 percent convinced that it'll work. I'm going to go as fast as I can through recapping some of these deals. Dwayne Dedman winds up going back to San Antonio where he'll get waived. Kessler Edwards goes to the Kings. Josh Hart rejoins Jalen Brunson, his college teammate, uh, with the Knicks. The Knicks sending away first-round pick Cam Reddish and some things that they don't need. The Raptors wind up not being sellers, in fact, being buyers, uh, reacquiring Jakob Hurdle for Kem Birch, a first-rounder, two second-rounders. Of course, 10.30 last night on the West Coast, 1.30 in the, in the early morning on the East Coast. Absolute bomb. Kevin Durant goes from Brooklyn to Phoenix, where Ben Simmons is now the last man standing between Durant, Irving, and Harden in Brooklyn. Br uh, Brooklyn winds up with Mikal Bridges, Cam Johnson, briefly with Jay Crowder, four first-round picks and a pick swap. They have since rerouted Jay Crowder to Milwaukee for five second-round picks, which was like the NBA trade deadline special. Mike <laughs> Muscala finally goes to another team. Uh, that is not the Lakers. He was given the Lakers nightmares, and it wasn't just because he was traded for Ibiza Zubac all those years ago. He goes to Boston. Boston sending Justin Jackson and a couple second-round picks to OKC. Charlotte Hornets get in on the action with a three-team trade, Portland, Philadelphia, and Charlotte. Charlotte winds up with Svee Mikhailuk and two second-round picks. The Sixers get Jalen McDaniels to replace Matisse Teibel, who goes to the Blazers. I thought that was an interesting three-way shuffle. Jalen McDaniels, interesting player for Philly. Matisse Teibel didn't feel like he really got his time to shine. Feels like a nice Josh Hart replacement uh, for the Portland Trailblazers for a minimal cost, especially yeah. because they netted a first-round pick out of that. Brooklyn continues to get weird. They got a couple more second-round picks in, in that Jay Crowder trade. Uh, they actually got five first-round picks, but three of them wind up with the Pacers. Two stay with the Nets. The Pacers getting George Hill back for a reunion. Jordan Wara, which could be interesting, although they already have guards who are interesting that they don't play. Serge Ibaka will be waived and hit the free agent market. The Clippers get a little spicy, JC, getting Bones Highland for two second-round picks from the Nuggets. Justin Holiday, Frank Kaminsky head to Houston and whatever they're trying to rebuild. Atlanta gets Garrison Matthews, Bruno Fernando. If you haven't heard from him before today, you probably won't hear from him after today either. One of my favorite deals of the day that did not involve the Lakers, Sadiq Bey winds up in Atlanta. James Wiseman goes to Detroit. Kevin Knox and five second round picks to the Warriors. Luke Kennard winds up with the Grizzlies. Eric Gordon comes home to the Clippers who get three second round picks as well. And Danny Green winds up with the Rockets from Memphis. 
Josh Richardson finds himself in New Orleans. San Antonio gets Devontae Graham, a player in New Orleans, which they never signed, and four second-round picks. A lot of second-round picks swapping hands, JC. I do want to <laughs> focus just for a minute on this Atlanta-Detroit-Golden State trade. A lot of people asking, why are the Warriors trading James Wiseman for what feels like nothing? Well, it wasn't nothing. They also used those picks to reacquire Gary Payton the second, and in addition to that, JC getting James Wiseman off the books saves the Golden State Warriors about a hundred and thirty million dollars in tax money, which will be lauded. But man, there was an opportunity for them to trade that pick and that player many, many times to help augment this core that they chose not to. How do you feel about that trade today? I mean, I think it's good for James Wiseman. Uh, I- for whatever reason, he never found his place in, in Golden State, and so he wasn't part of the rotation, even though I, I still think he holds a lot of promise uh, and upside as a player. So, yeah, I think it's good for him to go to a place where he'll uh, he'll get to get an opportunity. If the Pistons can get him right with Jalen Duran in the front court, that would be very interesting very quickly. I like the move for them. It's kind of a, uh, you know, Sadiq Bey, probably not a long-term play for the Detroit Pistons. I think when you can gamble like that, you should. Uh, any of these deals that I've mentioned, and if I've missed any, please forgive me. There was quite a bit of action today. Anything- um, off the top of my head, I think we, you missed Mason Plumley going to the Clippers. Ah, yes. Mason Plumley going to the Clippers in exchange for Reggie Jackson. Thank you very much. Reggie Jackson expected to be bought out by the Charlotte Hornets, who have no real use for his services. Any of these deals, and I did mention the Gary Payton going back to the Warriors any of these trades that really surprise you today? Anything that you sit here and you go, wow, I did not see that coming? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of them we didn't really see coming. Like, I I was, I was, only knew Mason Plumlee off the top of my head because I was following him because I, you know, I didn't know if Mobamba was a possibility. And so I thought that Mason Plumlee might possibly get bought out. And so I was keeping an eye on him for that. Uh, I thought he would have been a good backup center. Because uh, he's been playing really well this season in Charlotte. But, um, yeah, and, and I think the most surprising one, or at least the, the most shocking one, was Kevin Durant to Phoenix. And while it definitely does make them favorites, I don't think it makes them locks by any means because there's you know still age and health as a question for CP3 and Kevin Durant at this point. Even Booker. Booker seems to kind of always have a hamstring flare-up come playoff time. And so I don't. I don't think I think the West is just as much uh, up for grabs as anyone. Uh, Sacramento didn't make any moves, and they're still really high up in the rankings. And so, you figure maybe with the with the Lakers improving, Sacramento will go down a bit. Dallas may go up or down depending on how it works with Kyrie Irving. But um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think the West is is just as crazy as it was before. The West is certainly a gauntlet, we'll we'll say that much. And as the Lakers look to figure out exactly what they're going to look like going forward, they're not going to have any time to rest, JC. It's it's all on and popping. It all needs to happen right now, like right now, if it's ever going to happen. But there's no doubt that the NBA's trade deadline is, it's just, it's the gift that keeps on giving, man. It was it was one deal after another today. It was a, it was a, it was it was it was a lot of good news and it was a and it was a lot of fun news. A lot of these players, they're just like us. I mean, it's 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 amazing to see them react to the sham sweets, to the woe sweets, 
to the Haynes tweets, to the Stein tweets, to whomever's dropping the bombs. I mean, they are just like us when it comes to learning that they've been traded. Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley, I think, have been traded three or four times together at this point. I mean, it's really incredible when you think about what these guys go through. We hope that the Lakers will have all of these uh, players available to them as early as this weekend. JC, bring it back to the Lakers. I agree with you that in terms of uh, Kevin Durant being the most surprising one because nobody really expected that. What what do you think for, for, for these Lakers going forward? If you had to prognosticate their purpose, their rhythms, do you feel that this is now a playoff team? Uh, I definitely feel like it's a playoff team. I th- as close as they are in theory, you know, I had the four games um, that were kind of stolen from them by the referees gone the other way. In you know, in theory, they'd be in line for for hosting a playoff series in the first round. Um, the West is still tough, and so I think the Lakers can get in there. I don't. I, I think there'll still be some amount of parity, and so I, I, you know, to to hope for a, to a home a home court advantage in the first round, I think is a little little out there. But yeah, I mean, I think they'll be a top eight, if not get squeak into the plan. But I think they're definitely a playoff team. Listen, man, we hope so because we really don't want to play in that playoff or in that play-in for the playoff scenario. We want these Lakers to be feeling good. You have to think that LeBron James is a happy man having a better balanced team around him. You have to think that Anthony Davis is a happy man, might even get some playing time with Mo Bamba on the court. You have to think the Lakers front office feels pretty good knowing that they were in a real scenario where they had to come with something strong if the Laker faithful were going to show any faith in them going forward. And while I am still unconvinced in terms of the long run, it certainly looks better today than it did yesterday, JC. Yeah, for sure. As the Lakers move forward, there is no time to waste. There is no time to acclimate. And there is certainly no time to mess around. We're here to have a good time. And we're here to make a playoff push on the Ethos Lakers podcast. JC, tell them where they find you on Twitter, man. At JC, one And find me at Ethan underscore Noroff. Find us at Ethos Lakers. Anywhere you stream your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform. Until next time, we out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.